0: Hi, this is Dr. Danielle Watson, and today we'll be mapping the postpartum on the 15-minute matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15-minute matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be talking with Dr. Danielle Watson. Dr. Danielle Watson is a naturopathic doctor and creator of The Mother Doctor, In her private practice, she treats mothers from preconception to pregnancy and through to the postpartum. Dr. Watson has made it her goal to change the dynamic in healthcare so that new mothers feel supported as they navigate their motherhood journey. Dr. Watson is a speaker, educator, and activist for motherhood, looking to spread the message that being a mom is not a diagnosis. Doctor Watson sees patients in Bradford, Ontario. Doctor Watson, welcome to the fifteen minute matrix. Thank
0: you. Thank you for having me.
1: Can you start us out today by identifying the time period that's typically considered postpartum?
0: Definitely. So, you know, typically it would be considered that that first six weeks, sometimes up until a year after giving birth. I often define it as just the time after birth. So it could be that you are, you know, you're postpartum even decades later, just hmm. because of the effects that we can see. I love that. It's kind of like how
1: we think about menopause, right? Like it could yep, be yep. <laughs> this variable time frame.
0: Yes, definitely. I think it's it's defined differently depending on which resource you're looking at. But I think that sometimes we almost need to open up our perspective because it can last for longer. So why have you found, Dr.
1: Watson, that we need to think differently about this period of time in a mother's journey?
0: Mm-hmm. I think, as you know, as a society, as as a Western North American society, we do not place real value on that postpartum time, um, and so I think that needs to to change. If you look from a historical or a cross cultural perspective, there is so many ways that we have in the past or in other places we honor this transitional time, we honor this this life changing time the way we would, you know, other entrances to life events, like adolescence or something like that. And so I think that real time and space to honor those changes is important.
1: I love when we kind of draw on both historical and cross-cultural references. We can learn so much about how we may augment what we're doing. I was going to say how we're doing it wrong, but I'm going to say how we can augment what we're already doing. Are there some favorite postpartum practices that you've learned along the way that you really wish were a part
0: of our own systems and rituals? Definitely. I mean, if we even look, you know, a couple hundred or years ago, we in North America used to have that lying in period. And that was, that was fantastic. And we see that globally. We see those first six weeks really being honored. When I was looking at different cross-cultural perspectives, I really liked the Ayurvedic perspective, they say that the the first 42 days for the next 42 years. So mm-hmm. they they really um yeah, I think it's so interesting. They say that, that those first 42 days or about those first six weeks impact the next, you know, four decades of life. And I really see that in my practice. And so when I read that, that just hit so many light bulbs for me as a practitioner as to why we need to be proactive during that initial postpartum time so that we don't see these issues stemming years later. Stemming for mom or baby or both? Uh, Definitely for both. I think in our care now, we definitely see how those, you know, those early life years impact baby. And I think as as a culture, say, within our medicine, we are definitely working towards that. But we're not looking at that for mom. That's where I really changed my practice was when I first started practicing, I was about seven months pregnant at the time. And so it was really on my mind, of course. Yeah. I was working with a lot of perimenopausal and menopausal patients. And they were coming in to see me, you know, for a myriad of concerns as a person does with a naturopathic doctor. But, you know, when you you do an intake and you kind of go through the basics of their chief concern, I would get to that onset question. And I couldn't believe the amount of women, you know, in their 50s, now grandmothers you know, they were telling me that their issues stemmed from right after they gave birth. Mm. So, you know, 20 to 30 years ago, they'd had insomnia or anxiety or menstrual issues. And so, of course, being pregnant myself, it was really on my mind. And I started to notice that if we could be proactive during that postpartum time, we were able to impact for years to come, you know. Yeah, I'm
1: so I'm really touched by this conversation. Just thinking about my own postpartum time, uh, as you may know, listeners may know, I I lost my husband about a year and a half after our son was born. He had a brain tumor, and my entire pregnancy was kind of consumed with his illness because he was diagnosed when I was just seven weeks pregnant. But that postpartum time was really this beautiful slowed down. I lost a lot of blood. My son was born at home, but it was this beautiful time where we all had to be sequestered to the bed. So it was like the three of us on this island and I think back on that time, even though I was recovering, my husband was going through chemo, we had a newborn, as this like perfect little island of recuperation. And I'm just really touched thinking about that, the beauty of that time as I speak to you.
0: Absolutely. People liking it. It's it's like your honeymoon, except not, you know, you're both in the bed yes, um, and you're just just stay in one place for for as long as you can. And just really bonding and falling in love with someone, you know, your newborn baby, your new self, and bonding as a couple. And that's so special.
1: Yeah, your new little family falling in love with the new unit. So Mm -hmm. on the practical side, Dr. Watson, so many things can be happening postpartum, there could be tearing and recovery and the need to breastfeed and loss of blood if depending on how the pregnancy goes. And there could be surgical recovery. What are all the things? I know I probably just touched on a few of them that might broaden our perspective to what might be happening during that
0: time. Definitely. I think we as practitioners need to approach it. As you said, you know, your recovery from pregnancy, which, you know, you're creating a brand new human from scratch, from the resources of your body. And that in and of itself, I think just should immediately send off signals to us that we need this person to be dedicating nutritional recovery time. Right. Um, and then you're breastfeeding, you know, you're, you're supplying nutrients, once again, from your own body to another human. As you said, there's surgical recovery, whether it be from an episiotomy or from a suture from... Um, uh your c-section which of course is major abdominal surgery um and we don't really talk about that very much but you know there's not really any other surgery that you go into and you get sent home maybe with some tylenol threes and a newborn to take care of you know you don't wait (laughs) for another surgery in that kind of circumstance so that needs to be recovered from and then just really repleting your body from pregnancy and from breastfeeding and that's something I see so commonly is those those nutritional deficiencies either of our our vitamins or our other micronutrients or even our macronutrients and women aren't told to to replete those and then those are affecting you know down the line we see that affecting hormonal health or other aspects of their health so it it really it's such a vulnerable time that, um, our society places that kind of bounce back mentality and doesn't allow for that really that rehabilitation and that, that healing that is necessary.
1: Yeah, it just also makes me think about kind of the bottom half of the matrix. We sort of ticked through Mm -hmm. a lot on the top part of the center of the matrix, the soup, as I like to call it. But there could be detoxification needs based on (laughs) what medications were used. The hormones are going through like major transition at this time, right?
0: Yes. I I think that's probably my favorite topic to speak to is i think so many women have this perception from what they've read you know on the internet or whatever that their hormones are on a roller coaster ride in the postpartum and i think as practitioners we can really speak to what's actually happening and talk about the fact that you know estrogen and progesterone are sky high during pregnancy and within only three days postpartum after the placenta has been delivered, those hormones go back to a baseline that's actually lower than it's been, you know, prenatally. And so you go from, they've likened it to taking thousands of birth control pills a day right down to a baseline like you're almost in menopause, but only within three days. Clancy. And that's, yeah, insane. It's the most significant and shortest span of time for anyone's hormones to change anywhere across the lifespan, you know, while you're sleep deprived, <laughs> while you're recovering, while you're taking care of a new human. And and so the, our hormones are going through so many changes. You see prolactin rising as people are breastfeeding, you see oxytocin changing as you're bonding, the thyroid and all of the, you know, your TSH and other aspects, they are going through such changes to accommodate you know not being pregnant anymore, so all of those hormones and those neurotransmitters are going through such intense changes, so that that bottom of the matrix definitely comes into play
1: yeah, and then that of course, along with the expectations that more and more of us women have these days to get back on it and be mm-hmm. fine, really impacts the mental health and The nutrient deficiencies, as you mentioned, can really impact that as well, especially if there's a number of births if this isn't number one Mm -hmm. and mom's just more and more and more depleted through this process.
0: Definitely. I think it, it speaks to what we as practitioners can do in that preconception and prenatal time to set a woman up really for her postpartum recovery, as well as for, of course, the needs for the baby. I think we often think in reference of what is needed to grow a little human which is of course so important but we also need to change that mindset and really think of what's needed for mom for those next you know 40 50 years of her life because those nutritional aspects that's what i'm seeing you know down the line why i say postpartum lasts longer than that one year it's because you'll have a patient come in and you see those nutritional deficiencies and they're playing out and they're causing even more of a role in her life. But if we hadn't been able to assess that in those initial days, we would have set her up for better success.
1: I love this idea of setting up mom for success. And that really mm-hmm. takes us to both the mediators on the left side of the matrix and also mm-hmm. the skills section. What are your tactics for setting mom up for success? And I know there's going to be individual needs, but first, just generally,
0: how do we set mom up for success? Yeah, I start as soon as I can. You know, if we are seeing each other in preconception, we're prepping for that postpartum. If we're seeing um, the patient during pregnancy, there are so many things that we can influence in order to help her postpartum recovery. From that matrix, you know, if you're looking at something like sleep, poor sleep in the third trimester has been shown in the research to be predictive of postnatal depression. So if we can impact mom during that third trimester and work on some of those determining factors for something like prenatal insomnia, we can then affect how her postpartum experiences is mood-wise. Exercise and movement, you know, if we are talking about her pelvic floor health while she is pregnant and then prepping her for what to do in those initial weeks postpartum, we won't see her, you you know, signing up for one of those mommy and me uh, boot camps where she's going to cause damage to her pelvic floor that's mm-hmm. still healing, you know, and then nutrition wise, I always speak to my patients about this. Once again, going back to some of those historical or cultural references, it's incredible. Actually, we see so many cultures around the world having the same types of food postpartum. We see warm and cooked um, and soft and easy to digest foods. So I find it, you know, in North America where women have that bounce back culture, they often turn to wanting something like a salad because they want to lose weight. And that is opposite of what we see across the globe that mothers have been doing historically, we see warming foods, which I come from a naturopathic background. So we look at traditional Chinese medicine, and we Mm -hmm. want those foods that are nourishing for your chi that are easy to integrate. So that's not really causing more stress on the body to digest. And so I think that is something I really preface my patients for during pregnancy so that they have those foods available or have supports around that can bring them those foods so that they can just relax.
1: Things like broth and congee, Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Definitely.
0: Um, Broth, soups, stews, curries, all of those things that you think of that are so soft And interestingly, when we say warm, we're talking about the the temperature of the food in terms of something like a soup, but also in terms of the spices, things like cinnamon or nutmeg or curries, ginger, those are warming, right? You don't want mint.
1: Right, right. Interesting. And hydration is so important. At the, I mean, it's basically through the
0: delivery process, for me, at least, it felt like a marathon. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny, I was reading some research, and it was talking about humans' max capacity in terms of their metabolic function and pregnancy. So they were looking, I guess, at ultra marathon runners. And they made up the idea that human's metabolic rate can go to a max capacity of 2.5 times its resting metabolic rate, whereas pregnancy takes us to 2.2 times the body. Wow. Yeah. It was a study published in Science Advances last year. And so they were saying, you know, pregnancy takes us to this almost to our max capacity. And then at the end of that, you give birth, which like you said, is like a marathon, especially, you know, depending on what complications you have, or if there are surgical needs, like a C-section or vacuum or forceps or pesiotomy. And then after that, you go home and you don't sleep, you take care of a newborn and you are recovering. And so all that to say is just your hydration needs, your nutritional needs, they are so high. And we as, as, a, as a community of practitioners, we don't often add in those nutritional and hydration needs wow. that that a mom requires during that that intense time. There's so much I want to ask you, Dr.
1: Watson. And of <laughs> course, we're limited in time in our 15-minute matrix here. But are there any other things you wish practitioners knew in caring for clients or patients through postpartum?
0: Yeah, I would say knowing that we don't have to stop at that six weeks. You know, traditionally, we have that, that six-week checkup. And then that's, that's it. And that's kind of the one marker where we check in. And so as practitioners, we can, we can step in earlier, and we can step in later, and we can really influence someone so not to be tied down by that six week timeline, and instead to make some other check ins along the road.
1: I really appreciate that and all your wisdom here. It really reminds us that there's a gap here in our thinking <laughs> that we can really come in and fill no matter what our practice to support a woman, as you said, in this like big transitional time in her life. Definitely,
0: definitely.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Watson. You're welcome. Thanks
0: so much for having me on.
1: The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, head on over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, please feel free to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feedback, and who you'd like to hear next on the podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.